It doesn't have that, you know, the VR headset image that a lot of consulting firms use. So that it's like that robot woman. You know oh, what I'm talking love about? It. It's yeah, like a robot no. woman looking out into space, but she's a robot, but she's also wearing like a VR headset, but she's a robot. You know what that so she is? You know what that headset. is? It's embarrassing. Our industry is extremely embarrassing. I'm embarrassed <laughs> by our industry a lot. Rich. Hey. Paul, welcome to the Postlight Podcast, formerly known as Track Changes. Good to be here on the Postlight Podcast. Uh, Track Changes is but a distant memory. It is. We've rebranded. We've got a new logo. We're getting the new deck done. It's good to have a deck. Yeah, I'm feeling our vibe. I like it. I like where we're going. I like what we've grown up into. But I want to talk about something today, Paul. Oh, you got something on your mind? I do. What you got on your mind, Richard? I love tech that gets rid of tech. Here's the big idea, right? Which is that, and and I think it's more subtle than this, but the big idea is, boy, we always have done it this way. And that's how we make our money and keep our control. But this software over here makes it a lot easier and faster, but we don't have as much control and we won't make as much money from those parts. Mm-hmm. So we probably shouldn't use it. We should be really, really careful before we bring that in because we don't want to mess up our world. Oh, wait a minute. The company that down the block that's a little bit younger than us just started doing it that way. They're, they're able to work a lot faster and they're charging their customers half as much. Mm-hmm. Their customers aren't aware that it's premium. This is really bad. This is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> we need to acquire a company immediately. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, this uh, is how this plays out. Yeah, and 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 you can resist it for as long as you want because you think you get overconfident, right? Well, of course, somebody wrote the memo at Walmart twenty years ago <laughs> about Amazon and what was coming. Wow! Uh, and Walmart's doing just fine, but still, you get big, and when you get big, you ever see like a big, big ship turn? Takes slow, like an, slow takes, process. Takes like an hour. <laughs> oh, like a cruise, like a cruise ship in, in Brooklyn. You yeah, see one of those like yeah. like forty story cruise ships like <laughs> running around in the harbor. It's just comedy. Like, yeah. Like yeah. you know the other thing worth noting too, like like you said, Walmart's doing fine, and it's very easy in retrospect to write your case study and say how could Walmart have missed the growth of, of e-commerce? Course, everyone does life? it. Yeah. But it's like. What you have there is not this story of like two competing brands. It's the story of like one firm that utterly optimizes its logistics pipelines at the platform level down to the silicone. Yeah. And then you have another one that like has an enormous real estate footprint with lots of bodies coming through the stores that they're trying to optimize the hell out of anyway. Yes. And God help anybody who works for either one of these organizations, especially in their physical plant. My God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're both very tough on human beings. They are. So, they I are. mean, I think you got it. You have to reframe that because it's really easy to be like, well, how could Walmart be so stupid? Like Walmart was exactly what Walmart wanted to be. Yeah. But uh, there is this moment and I'm seeing it. I'll tell you what, I'm seeing this in our own firm, which is that a lot of the platforms that we stand up for people really are starting to become more and more commoditized than even than they were four or five years ago. So I'll give you an example. I just had a conversation with someone today and it was like, look, you seem to want three things. You want 
a funnel with a pi- where people come in and they pay you money and that's probably Stripe and you need content and you need to put it in a place and you need a place where editors can manage it and put art and so on and that's probably WordPress and mm-hmm. you want to track relationships with the people who give you money and, and do things with them and you know invite them to things and that's a CRM. And that pattern is, I've probably seen that pattern 20 times. And the CRM is probably Salesforce, but it could be something else. Yep. And what's real is that because the work of setting those up and packaging them up and, and sending them over, a lot of times um, you would think, oh my God, that's really bad for Postlight. The reality is it turns out to be really good for Postlight. We can do more work that matters and less work that is let's set up and learn the new content management system. Yeah. It doesn't actually, it doesn't eat into our business the way you would expect to have things that are kind of out of box. Well, I mean, you're touching on something and, and, and I'm not an economist. So, you know, you look back on, actually, I'll give you a concrete example. I was working at a, an insurance company that took in faxes from insurance agents and there were data entry people. In the firm. Oof. Wow. Okay. You have to start over because okay, I just it's died now, inside. It's, it's but, 1863. Okay. <laughs> Horses are still the primary means of transportation. No, I'm kidding. I, I just... No, but... Uh, my I hand mean, is shaking. Look, oh. they had a network of agents. The agents got their 15%. Bring me the facts and I'll insure the house. That's all they did. But something interesting happened, right? I was brought in and some of the work was essentially saying, ah, the internet's here, guys. It's 1999-ish, 2000. Early for insurance. Early Early for for insurance. insurance. I was like, they should probably go to a website. Not the customers. We're not at Geico scale yet. No, no. The agents should just go to a website and fill out a form. And when they fill out- About one third of them had AOL at that point. But no, actually the agents- where they were starting Actually, no, to get it. Agents, they, to get it. they had to get on e- email is really good for an email is important. Agent. Yeah, you could attach yeah. stuff. So anyway, yep. we get on there and then this kind of dark cloud comes sweeping over the entire organization, which is what the hell are we going to do with these 30 data entry people? And it, it's a classic uh, question, right? Of like job eliminate. Oh my God, we're destroying jobs, right? But ultimately- I'm not going to get into this the, the, the narrative of this particular company, but let me just put it this way. Thousands of jobs were created on the other side of this kind of efficiency and innovation, right? Strangely, right? You would think people would be left out in the street, but what it actually does is it's incredibly empowering because the organization's allowed to grow and it just shifts. Like customer service people who are handling things with agents are now not entering data anymore. Wonderful, wonderful thing. So innovation actually can be pretty empowering. It was a weird time because you could tell you were kind of spreading anxiety unintentionally across an organization that was used to just coming in and and getting their, you know, their their Dunkin Donuts coffee and just putting in data well, all day. Let, uh, let me res- let me respond to this two ways, right? So one is if you care about efficiency, the other side of that is labor, and it's really tricky. And you're telling this very straightforward story. I don't actually, we talk about this a lot more. It's way more complicated. There are human beings on the other side. There are families. You think about that. And that does factor into your decision making. But ultimately, if somebody can turn on a computer and do a job in 10 minutes that used to take somebody three days, yeah, you have to account for that in how you are building and running your business. The speed, not just the, not just the labor. And you got to assume, like we work with big organizations and we mm-hmm. talk with them about this and they're like, no, we need to know what's coming so that we can retrain people and help them. Mm-hmm. So there are good ways to approach this, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I think, you know, it's not as simple as, oh, we disrupted it. The second part is just like, 
you can't escape this. Like this is this stuff just happens it's happen, over right? and over. Yeah. You, you're going to die if you don't address it because somebody else is going to show up. If you're to lemonade the startup. Yep. I, I think they they're like, you know what the hell with forms? Why isn't it just a bot named Stan that you just talk yeah, to and say, I want to insure my Stan jewelry. Stan can talk to you. And then, and yeah, and, and I think if I'm not mistaken, when you file a claim in Lemonade, they like wire you the money instantly, like right away. They're like, Stan, sure. my bicycle broke and I had it insured. They, they give you the money right away and they worry about the validity of the claim. Listen, after the it, all, it all reduces to one spreadsheet, right? Like they have their model. The other thing I want to say that's important, right, is that this is unfortunately a side effect of a successful career. And I, I don't know how to work around this is that when you walk into the room, people get a little bit afraid. I've seen this now for 10, 15 years. And I mean, you know me, I don't like that feeling. It's a bad feeling. Mm. But when you're the consultant and you've come from outside and you represent a new way and you can point to results or you can ship the software faster, mm -hmm. it ain't great. It's not a good yeah. feeling in the room. Yeah. And working through that, like, You'll push, you push through. I go home and feel really bad, but I don't know what yeah. else to do because like they came and asked me, could we do this better? And I said, yeah, <laughs> right. Like that's, you could, you could save a lot of money and do it a lot faster. Like, like I can't lie. And the truth is when companies do well, they hire more people. And sometimes you have to do these things to do well. And yeah, does that mean you need to retrain and do something else to meet the needs of this new growing organizations? Yeah, but it also means what, what, what was an 80-person company became a 500-person company because of the willingness to continue to seek out those efficiencies and, and whatnot. I mean, I've seen, it, I've seen it go both ways. People cut to the bone and then that's it. And then I've seen people, well, people reboot yeah. and they grow. You know, so, well, I mean, there, no, look, look, there, look, are, look, there are investors out there who actually are almost, they, they look, relish the inefficiencies, right? They go we, out there and they, and they, yeah. they do what they got to do. Look, we uh, just, we just walked, we walked into the greatest thicket in American history right there, right? Like, like, let's keep going. Let's talk well, about yeah, what software does. Well, well, yeah, I mean, but let's talk about where it took them though. Uh, so now I've got agents filling out web forms to submit policies for their customers. In okay, big leap up. And that's wonderful because, oh, I don't have to worry about faxes and I see the data right away and I, I don't have to have data entry. That's nice. But here's the other thing that ended up happening. I was having a conversation with the executives and they said, you know, mm -hmm. when someone's uh, credit score is less than 600 and their home is worth more than half a million dollars, mm -hmm. I don't want the policy. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. Cool, don't take the policy. What's the problem? He's like, well, we have to submit that business rule to mm. engineering, to the IT group. The IT group puts it and logs it in as a ticket. And mm -hmm. then that ticket has to go into a queue and then it'll be bundled up with the next software update, which will be after testing live and in the world three months from now. I'm like, okay, software takes time. It's, it's engineering. Yeah, right? but that's There's a row in a database. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So what we found was it wasn't just that we made things go faster and you didn't need data entry. What we found was, okay, now that it's information coming in, can we make it easy for business to inject its decision-making into the process without going to the software people. How do we get mm. how do the software people create software that eliminates the need for the software people? That is a game changer, uh, right? 
I, so here's here's what we ended up doing. We ended up creating, uh, let's call it a, a rules engine where business. That's people, a good thing. That's a good thing to call it for people who don't know this world very well. That's literally it's a rules engine like that. Literally is, a rules engine. Yeah, that's a thing. There's so you give this thing to the business side, and these are people in insurance, and there's actuaries, and people are thinking about risk all the time, and they just went buck wild. They started injecting all these rules into the workflow, into the process, such that a form wouldn't even make it over if it didn't meet certain criteria, right? Hmm. And what ended up happening was an incredibly optimized risk portfolio because they were able Mm -hmm. to constantly refine it. And that lag, it wasn't just that they discovered that a, a bad credit score and an expensive house is bad for business. It's that between the time they discovered it and it going live in software, hundreds of policies made it in, right? That lag, Right, it's like information. It's no different than information traveling. Right, if it was, if I had to put it in a note and get someone, you know, the Pony Express to get get on a horse and get it over to me, uh, the plague is already spreading. Right, like it's so already theoretically too late. worth. It's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars in eventual claims or in how you manage your risk if you are able to lock this down sooner, etc. Exactly. When you look at Amazon, one of the things Amazon gets tons of criticism for is, you know, they've created this incredible marketplace, right? Everybody, you don't know where you're buying your stuff from anymore. It's, it's sometimes from Amazon. Sometimes it's from a guy in Illinois who sells backyard inflatable swimming pools. You just don't know where di- you're getting Sometimes it from. it's directly from the manufacturer too. It's, it's, yeah, you have to look, it's that small type. It's like, you know. It's that small type. Exactly. Sold but by Happy Co. ships from Amazon. Exactly. But there's something that Amazon does that's actually widely publicized. I read it in the book about Amazon. I forget the name of the book. And they do something, which is they have a whole team that just analyzes the products that other people are selling and how they're pricing them Mm -hmm. all day long. And then what Amazon does is they go in. They're like, okay, Mm -hmm. now we fully understand the marketplace of AAA batteries and we Mm -hmm. will now obliterate it. And they Mm -hmm. go in and they come up with an Amazon Basics product and they jam it at the top result when you type AA batteries or AAA batteries and they decimate the other sellers in their own platform. That's real. Some, might, you, some might say that's not the best and most appropriate use of their market position. I, I, I really, you know, that's, that's another podcast, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but what this speaks to is they could hire a team and say, hey, a lot of people are buying this particular toy right now. Should we mm-hmm. get in on this? Should we get our own inventory and put it in our warehouses? And should we charge a dollar less? Well, how do we know how much they're gonna charge? Well, we could always track how much they're gonna charge. That's software. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could put a team out there and we could have a meeting once a month and talk about trends in products, or I could write the tool and we could start to get real time picture of what the market looks like. I can also do that with stock trading. <laughs> I can do that. There's so many things that are reduced to numbers in databases. And the minute yeah. that happens, I can start automating them. Like the minute that rule can get That's put right. next to all the other rules. Yes. We're in a funny moment because if you think about a database as a set of rules and facts, right? Mm-hmm. The thing that you did with that insurance firm years ago, which is let's make it a lot easier to add rules mm-hmm. so that, you know, this is software building. Like, mm-hmm. or we talk a lot about Airtable and no code mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It's the same stuff. It's the same, like we're going to put in. What's happening now is that large organizations see that they have this data all over the place and then they go, they don't think we should make software to make it simpler in order to deal with and manage this data. They think 
I know I have a machine learning problem. I'm going to analyze exactly. all this exactly and turn exactly. it into some magic set of insights so that I have more rules that the computer made up that I don't really know quite where they came from, but that's cool. And then I can I can go from there. And that but to you know, me is just I, I, I would, it's I a lack of bravery. It, it is. It is a lack of bravery. And not only that, it's an overreach. The truth is, the question you need to ask is how is software improving my reaction time? Right. Mm -hmm. And if you pause and look at the way software works today, where are you heading towards machine learning just yet? Relax for a second. Your reaction time is just shit. If you improve your reaction time, forget the machine learning part. I don't need to automate it just yet. I just need to eliminate the lag. And the truth is the lag exists everywhere. Part of Postlight's success is eliminating lag. That's what we do. You know, what's funny here is we, we spent the first part of this conversation squirming and talking through about, you know, eliminating jobs with technology. But machine learning is supposed to be the ultimate automated way to eliminate jobs with technology. Or, mm -hmm. you know, you, you farm it out to captures and people mm -hmm. tell you everybody has to identify a bus. But there is that point in the middle. And this is very abstract, right? But what we're saying is that there's probably a lot of value in your people where they could tell you how they evaluate and do their work. Yeah. And if you gave them tools to describe that and put it into a system, you could do a lot of the analysis and a lot of the evaluation that machine learning models are supposed to do for you are probably baked into the humans in a more in a way that actually is going to be editable and understandable and serve as a set of rules and a set of knowledge that you can use going forward if you have good software to capture that. And good software includes boxes in on a screen and yeah. some drop downs and a database. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you're touching on, I mean, you mentioned, you know, no code before and tools like Airtable. And, and the truth is, those are the kinds of tools. There's no machine learning in Airtable. All it is is an empowerment tool. Mm -hmm. It gives enormous power to people effectively and to find efficiencies. Whereas you, if you walked over to IT and said, I really need a tool to track all of the different candidates coming into HR, You'd be like, yeah, no problem. Give me six months. Or they spin up Airtable mm -hmm. and they get going fast, right? And the truth is that kind no, this of- is the, You know what's funny though? Is they actually don't. They spin up a HR system. Like that middle ground, IT doesn't deal with that middle ground. They like- Mm. They like fully custom, big, hosted, you know, in our purple zone, like secure setups. Yeah. And then they like software as a service that they can buy. And the stuff in the middle is really tricky because it requires maintenance. And this yeah. is the thing about your rules engine. You're, I, you know, the rules engine you're talking about has been running for 15, 20 years now. And it still requires, a, it's, it requires a skilled person to operate it. It doesn't. That's it's right. not like it's not as simple as point and click. And so people really get confused in the in the middle because there's this, there's I, this I think great that's right. There's this tremendous fallacy in our industry where people decide that a human being is either an absolute genius who must know everything or they're absolutely incapable of learning. And it, it, no one ever wants to say this will take a couple of weeks for someone to get it. No, I think that's right. I, and I think it's about empowerment. And the truth is you could have really brilliant people who don't have the tools to act on what they know to act on the knowledge that's in hand. And that's still the case to this day, right? Like that is still the case to this day. I just insured a car recently and the process was was pretty amazing. Like the guardrails that were put in place for me to go through this. And I, I like, I had to go eat lunch and I paused in like step five of the form and they mm -hmm. reached out to me and they knew exactly where I was and, and they were taking me all the way through. In it. the form, they're like, hey, Mr. Ziadi, it looks like you could fill out the rest of the page and we could get this done. I got an email. 
I got an email. It's like, mm. hey, where are you? Uh, and it was, you could tell tons of thinking was happening around the funnel to get me all the way to the, to the close, right? And mm -hmm. what was also interesting was after I closed, there was still information they needed, but they had already assessed that the risk was behind them now. Even though they mm -hmm. needed a couple more things, I got this almost threat, not threatening, but it was like, listen, I, we need two more pieces of information from you. Otherwise, we're going to have to cancel the policy. I'm like, what the hell? You just took my money two weeks ago. Why didn't you ask me for this in the first place? But mm. I think what they're, what they're doing is they're closing the deal. And they're asking they for the little bits later. Well, no, they probably they probably went out and like hit a couple databases to get a little more information about you, right? Like, yeah, like, my credit score is good. Like they saw yeah, me as no, extremely no, but I mean, low risk. They, they got you on the other side, and then they're like, okay, now we can do the batch job. Right? Like we don't want to mm -hmm. do that in real time. It's probably really expensive. They probably spent five dollars. Yeah. To make sure yeah. to lock you down, and then they're like, oh wait, go get those two pieces of information. That's right. And 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 so I guess what we're getting at here is there's tons of lost cycles that don't need to get fixed with machine learning or AI. Like that is well, sales. We are a consulting firm. AI and machine learning is all is plastered all over every consulting firm, technology consulting firm. A lot stuff. of people ask us about it now. They're like, what are you doing about ML? And I'm like, you don't have any data. Like what, yeah. you don't yeah. like. Yeah. You yeah, you do things terribly today and there are better yeah. ways to do them, which will result in huge benefit that has nothing to do with a computer thinking on its own. They just don't. No, I mean, right? it's literally like half the time people are asking, what are we going to do about ML? It's like, well, can I look up your customers by zip code? You know, and they're like, <laughs> no, like that's not, we didn't get there yet. And you're like, well, okay, well, right. you know, yeah. start there. Look, let, let's actually, let's close on some advice, right? So we, we've gone the entire gamut of digital capitalism in, in a number of different ways here. And you're in a yeah. world in which, here's what we're saying. We're saying there's a gap between you and your competitors, and you can close it up with simple software that uses the intelligence of the people in your organization. And then you can do predictive things if you gather that. That takes the yeah. form of a rules engine, a database, and so on. Very good for industries like insurance, but also anything with a CRM where you're trying to build relationships. I, I feel that this is relevant. But what everybody's selling now is ML and, and prepackaged solutions. So what do you do if you believe that your organization should really take, try to own that middle and build something? Like, how do you sell that internally so that somebody gets excited and committed to it? Because it's a very hard thing to communicate. I think that it, it comes down to a question you can ask that I think resonates with business a lot, which is how can I use tech to empower business people to rely less on tech? That's the mm. fundamental question, right? It's like, how do, how, do you, how do I make it so you don't have to come to me and I have to tell you it's gonna take eight weeks? How do I empower you, right? And that has very little to do with ML because what I'm doubling down on the human here I'm doubling down on the decision maker, the person who wants to put their thoughts into action without mm -hmm. going to IT. That is you know, the question. And that's not interesting and not sexy. And it, it doesn't have that, you know, the VR headset image that a lot of consulting firms use. So that it's like that robot woman. Do you know what I'm talking love about? It. It's yeah, like a robot no. woman looking out into space, but she's a robot, but she's also wearing like a VR headset, but she's a robot. You know what that so is? You know what that headset. is? It's embarrassing. Our industry is extremely embarrassing. I'm embarrassed <laughs> by our industry a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, but you know what? There's a, okay. The last thing I would say on that, right? Like is 
So what you just described, what I would do, the exercise I would do if I was trying to figure out how to improve things, I draw my funnel really carefully. Like, how do I get customers? And I look for that, like, how do I make a decision about this customer and qualify How do I make them? the best decisions, right? How That's do right. I make the right decision? How do I bring in the right customers? Like, these and are literally that, where everybody is saying ML and they drop that into your funnel so that you can pre-qualify, blah, 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 blah. Think who knows how to do this and could we kind of like, is there an algorithm that we could actually drop in here that, and not only that, like not just drop in once, but could we give people the ability to, to modify and manage this so that- Empower. Th nothing has changed with artificial intelligence where the computer is suddenly smarter than the people. It can just deal with more information. Right. Yeah, like it's not, it doesn't right. know That's more than the point. people on the floor. Paul, I loved, you know, one of the things I'm most proud of about the new postlight.com is that there are yeah. no metallic looking women wearing VR headsets straight staring out into space. I'm going to vow to you that we will never do that in our marketing ever under any circumstances. Ever. ever. We are a digital strategy design and engineering shop based in New York City, but based everywhere nowadays. We've got some great case studies up now. I'm very excited to talk about Goldman Sachs and the MTA. You should go check our stuff out at postlight.com. We should also say Goldman Sachs has released a new font and it's amazing. Is it really? It's called Goldman Sands. It's really good. It's really good about numbers. You can download it. <laughs> I gotta give it to him. Straight out of the park on Goldman Sands. Hilarious. And uh, all right, friends, hello at postlight.com is how you reach us and how you always reach us. We welcome all of your feedback. Yep. We bring strategy, design, and engineering to deliver platforms and experiences that drive digital transformation, Rich. Woo! That all is right. what we do. All right, Have let's get to Have a lovely week. Okay, bye. bye.